Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Right now, let's go to former Black Cap spinner, Ronnie here. Ronnie, good evening, mate. How are you? Good, thanks, mate. How are you? I'm very good. Thank you, Ronnie. Ronnie, where are you based? Are you in Auckland or whereabouts? Yeah, in Auckland, watching the rainfall. I was going to say, mate. Holiday, really? Yeah, I know. It's, it's, <laughs> been, it's been the same for all of us up here, isn't it? It's just been, it's been never-ending. Yeah, this has been ideal. Um, the tennis has been um, hampered with the weather and stuff like that, and um, yeah, there's a bit of cricket on around at the moment as well, which has been affected by rain too. Yeah, yeah, it's not good. I just had a look at that. We've got all the screens in here. I see the tennis is on. Looks like they're playing outside, which is uh, a good thing. I even saw Stephen McIver there as well. Um, so yeah, he's enjoying the uh, the comforts of the of the box, no doubt. Uh, anyway, Ronnie, let's start talking some cricket, mate. Let's wind it back a bit to the first. Uh, two tests. I want to know what did you make of those first two tests, two draws? Um, your thoughts? Could we have done better? Did we do okay? Uh, talk me through Tim Southey. What did you make of it? I think we did okay. Um, pushed pretty hard in the second test to try and win it and then take the series. I mean, um, pretty foreign conditions to, to most of um, the guys I would have thought in terms of the responsiveness and the wickets, especially for the bowlers. Mm. Um, I think the batters adjusted relatively well. They managed to get um, a couple of decent scores in the top order. Um, Williamson obviously getting a double hundred and uh, Conway getting a hundred as well. But there were sort of middling scores that sort of helped out and, and got uh, you know quite substantial first innings and second innings scores. So look, a couple of things go your way, and they could be walking away with a with a series win. But you know, as far as the Test Championship goes, um, hasn't been as successful as the last cycle. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. It's been not a good year for us uh, in regards to the Test Championship. In terms of the side, I, I know what you're saying. I was speaking with Garth Galloway the other day uh, about, and there's two schools of thoughts. I'd love to know where you stand, especially with Kane Williamson getting the 200. Some people saying should have, de- should have declared earlier and don't worry about the 200. Others people saying get him, let him get the 200 and then go from there. Do you think it impacted the result in the end? Uh, difficult to say. I mean, you saw a similar sort of situation with the Australian test. Um, although they lost a few more days to rain, um, they obviously put the team first and, and declared on Kawaja at 195. And, mm. you know, the two schools of thought, as you, as you say, you know, most people are saying, well, yep, team first, you should declare. And then there's some people saying that, yeah, well, you know, for the sake of five runs, maybe they should have pushed on for an over or two and given them the, the chance to get a double hundred. I mean, Crickets, unfortunately, um, much like baseball, is really stats orientated. You know, yes. you're going to look in the, the hundreds and fifties columns um, and see what your career ends up as individually, right? Um, as a team, and as a team member, you're only going to look at the trophies that you collect at the end of the day and mm. as part of a team. So it becomes difficult. Uh, you can see both sides of it. Um, I don't think the Williamson thing at that stage really took too much time out of the game in terms of people discussing with him when they were going to declare or if he could have batted faster. Mm. Um, he was obviously at the end there with Ajas Patel, so he was also taking up time trying to get him through to 200. So maybe they could have declared, maybe they should have given him 200. I mean, ultimately, that's up to Kane, who's at the wicket, who can obviously gauge the tempo of how fast he wants to go, but also Tim Sowley as the, 
when he wants to drag them in, and I guess it would have caused a bit more of a, uh, an uproar um, or an adverse reaction for Saudi if he dragged them in at like 180 <laughs> in his first or first or second test as captain, you know? Yeah, that's an interesting one. I'm going to ask you about that too, yeah, because it has been a big change, you know, putting Tim Saudi in as captain. He's well-established in the side. He's been around a long time. Obviously, it's helped, you know, Kane Williamson, his batting has certainly flourished in this in this instance, but what did you make of his captaincy overall in the first two tests? Yeah, I think he did a pretty good job. Um, you know, it can't be easy having to also run in and bowl long spells, but, mm. um, and, you know, again, an unresponsive wicket and obviously not much seam around and stuff like that. But I think, to be fair, he probably rotated his bowlers quite well. Um, I heard a bit of reaction to people saying, obviously, Ajaz Patel probably didn't um, perform as well as, you know, we all would have hoped after he'd taken the 10 wickets. Mm. Um, but I guess with a change of captain too, it's just going to take some time for Tim to figure out how he wants to use Ajaz and at what times. And I think what we saw was um, Tim having a little bit more, um, I guess, faith in, in, in what Ish was uh, bringing during the two tests and obviously took the lion's share of the overs and, and got the results. Yeah, it's interesting. You're right. It is a tough call. I mean, I think for people like myself, the outsiders, the New Zealand public, we wanted to see Ajaz Patel continue to play after he took that 10 for, yet they rested him for so long. What was your what was your initial take on that? Yeah, I mean, if you're not going to pick a guy after he takes 10 workers, then when are you going to play him? <laughs> exactly. Um, so, you know, that's that's kind of my my attitude towards it. It's kind of like, well, you, can't, you literally cannot do any more than that. So, you know, if you are going to be rested and, and, and spend some time on the sidelines after taking a 10 for, then... You know, there's no real opportunity for you um, in terms of longevity. I mean, not like my preference, I'm a left-arm spinner. Mm. Um, Ajaz and I come from West Auckland. We're, we're from the same sort of area. And, yeah. you know, it would have been great to see him play the next, you know, yeah. test after that. But I guess what you are noticing in international cricket at the moment is that they're just trying to pick the best 11 guys for the team at the moment. You can see India leaving out a guy who got a double hundred and a one-dayer for mm. their last one day last night, you know? So... You know, people just have to ride the pine when it doesn't suit or the other guys coming back, you know. Guys take the opportunities and and they perform, but when the incumbent's ready, then it's kind of like, well, you know, you knew that you were only filling a gap until this person got back. Mm. So it's hard. It's really hard. But for AJ's um, particular situation, and in, in New Zealand, we hardly ever play, you know. But it'll be interesting to see what happens when someone like England come down here and, you know, you got Jack Leach who plays most of their games. Are they going to go with that or are they going to go with the four seamers? Like in New Zealand, traditionally, we play four seamers, if mm. not a, a bowling all-rounder and play a longer batting lineup. So all those things remain to be seen in the next few weeks as to, as to how that sort of shapes up. I guess we're looking at the next cycle now and trying to prime guys and give them opportunities for the next World Championship um, and, and see what happens there. Well, I suppose that is it because, yeah, we're not going to make this the upcoming Test World Championship, that's for sure. Um, in saying that, you know, once again, Ajaz Patel and Matt Henry set a, a record for a last wicket uh, batting partnership, but you, only the fourth time in history. He's got a track record of setting some crazy records, Ronnie. Yeah, yeah, I did watch that, actually. It was quite entertaining. Um, Matt Matt uh, himself is quite an accomplished batter. Yeah, you could see. Um, he's a really clean strike. He's a really clean striker of the ball, and... Um, Ajaz, yeah, has batted in the top order um, growing up playing, um, you know, even just um, club cricket and going into domestic cricket and becoming a left-arm spinner. So, yeah, guys, I guess if you're getting to that sort of level, um, 
it's gone are the days where guys used to just be bowlers only. They they, they are pretty capable of the bat when when, when needed. Mm. Um, we saw Ish Sodi and Neil Wagner um, bat for a long period of time and keep out a test match in Christchurch a few years ago. So, you know, you are practicing five, six days a week and playing games and stuff like that. So these guys have got quite good skill with the bat and I guess Ajaz and, and Matt showed that. Uh, yeah, they surely did. And you mentioned uh, Neil Wagner there and obviously, you know, the side does need changing. Is this... Is this the end of the road for Neil Wagner in this current Black Caps test side? Um, I mean, in all the feedback that I sort of get and do interviews like this, it's not my job to end people's careers. It's, mm. um, that's for people uh, who are doing selection and, and, and things like that. But, mm. you know, they are trying different things. And, and Wags has obviously been a really good servant for New Zealand cricket and New Indeed. Zealand conditions and English conditions mm. and um, in Australia as well. So there are those opportunities on the horizon because we are playing test matches in those sort of countries. And he obviously doesn't play white ball cricket either. So... There are those opportunities, but I think with the with the Black Caps and also with the Test team, you know, guys like Tom Blundell, for example, guys like um, uh, yeah, guys like Blundell, guys like Wagner, mm. um, all the Test specialists, they sort of go sight unseen when you when, when they go away from the Test side, they go back True. to domestic cricket. It's not televised True. unless you're playing in the Super Smash, you know. So yeah. it's kind of like, well, what's he doing in between time? So it's difficult to keep your name up in lights and. I guess guys like Wags, they've kind of, um, and you saw the same thing with guys like Jeet Raval. Mm. You know, he only played test cricket. We didn't really hear about him. And then all, all of a sudden he's playing test cricket again. And we have to ask ourselves, oh, well, what's he been doing between then and the last time he played? Yeah. Um, and because New Zealand plays such less amount of test cricket as opposed to England and Australia and India as well, those opportunities are few and far between. So um, I guess the good, good thing for Wags is that the Black Cats and the selectors have shown, an, uh, you know, quite yes. a lot of faith in guys. And unless you're really performing, um, you know, underperforming, then they're not going to drop guys. So I think, you know, Wags will probably be there or thereabouts for for a while longer. I would have thought, and he deserves to be as well. Yeah, look, he's got a huge fan base. That's for sure. We love his um, fighting spirit, without a doubt. Uh, I tell you, one bowler who certainly uh, put himself forward in this uh, Test series and the one, Michael Bracewell. What do you think, Ronnie? Yeah, sort of come from nowhere. Mm. Um, just in terms of the performance, and not in terms of his actual career. Like he's he's been a really good domestic performer for a for a long time. Um, and you know, I guess again with the selection policy, picking guys when they're proving their performance. Um, so he's shown that he can do it with with bat and ball. I guess if I was looking at it in total, you'd probably say that he probably would have made more of an impact with a bat, just because he's a batter. Mm. Uh, he's a top order batter, and to, with Wellington with Otago. Um, every time we've played domestic cricket, he was in the top three or four batters in the batting lineup. So, you know, if you're going to get selected for the Black Caps, I would have thought it would be as a batting option rather than an all-rounder option. But mm. it's clearly showing that he's developed his game and, and has uh, an all-round package now with the spin bowling as well. So, yeah, again, with the conditions, playing an extra spinner, playing Ish himself um, and Bracewell, um, you know, gave those options. Um, it really did. So, and AJ has the three spinners, you know, left arm offy, mm. right arm offy, and a leg spinner. So we had all bases covered. And yeah, I guess that does give you a nice mix in those conditions. But we don't go to those sorts of countries that often in terms of like a full test tour. You know, might get one or two tests and then you've got one day as in 2020s as well. Yeah. And the policy for the Black Caps most of the time is to try and take as many players as they can that's going to cross over between those formats mm. just to save people travelling around uh, the globe. 
Um, so he'll be there or thereabouts, I would have thought, in the next few years, uh, travelling around with the Black Caps and, and might get the odd test here and there. Absolutely. And, of course, the second one day against Pakistan is on tonight. We lost the first one. Uh, what did you make of that? And how do you think it's looking tonight? Because Pakistan unveiled that, that young bowler in Jingle Bells. He did well. Yeah, yeah, he did. Um, sort of pulled one out the word, all the work. And, and that, I guess that's what we're seeing. You know, they are trying... Um, you know, countries all around the world are trying new players all the time just mm. in terms of the World Cup coming up. Um, so, yeah, we've taken sort of more of a, a tried and true uh, selection, although um, Henry Shipley made his debut as well in that game um, as, a, as a sort of bowling all-rounder, I would have thought. Mm. Um, but, yeah, it looked like a middling sort of score. Yeah. I mean, if we had one, we had a whole bunch of guys that got 30 or 40, but no one's really got, you know, 80 to 100. Mm. Um, that really would take your score, you know, from that 250 or 260, which we got, to getting over 300 and putting pressure on putting pressure on the opposition. But, look, in their conditions, chasing Pakistan are going to be hard to beat. You know, yeah. you've got to have someone take a, a bundle of wickets. And our more experienced bowlers didn't, uh, didn't come to the party in terms of picking up early wickets and then, yeah, it just became difficult for us, I guess, towards the end to, to make any impact um, with our slower bowlers as well. So, um, yeah, I don't, I'm not too sure where they go. Um, again, change of captaincy back to Kane Williamson as well. So, yeah, um, there's that to throw in the mix too. Um, so there's going to be a bit of chopping and changing, which I guess for the last five or six years, we probably haven't been used to that either in terms of having different captains with different formats. So that might take some adjusting as well. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Hey, before I let you go, Ronnie, there is uh, one name who's been missing from this and he's possibly going to be missing from the upcoming England uh, test, Trent Bolt. What are your thoughts on this and him possibly not playing those England tests? I mean, look, uh, from a pure fan perspective, it would be nice for him to to play and, and um, see him, see him playing for New Zealand in the black caps and the and the, and the whites, but um, I just can't see it happening. Uh, from my own perspective, I can't see it happening. Just from the communication that I'm hearing from from mm. New Zealand cricket and Gary Stead, mm. um, they came out pretty black and white in regards to contracted players and people who weren't contracted. Um, you know, the policy around not playing guys who didn't have a central contract as opposed to guys that did. Mm. Um, so as far as that goes, I mean, they've pretty much set their marker in the sand to say that, okay, well, you know, even if you are available, you know, if you are going to not be centrally contracted, then, you know, we won't be selected. So does that diminish the chances of us putting our best side in the park with the players that are available? Possibly. Mm. Um, but in the last six months, I'd say, there's been four guys who have, exited their New Zealand contract all for different reasons. Yeah. Um, but the outcome is exactly the same, that they're probably not going to be selected. Barring Jimmy Neesham, by the looks of it, he seems to be the one that is sort of getting through uh, and still getting selected, um, which is the the oddest one out of the four being Guptal, Bolt, the Grand Home, and Neesham is that um, Guptal feels that New Zealand will happily go and play for the Aces, but Nisham at the moment does not have a domestic side, so I'm right. not sure how he can be selected. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that's one thing that I just still don't understand because he turned down a New Zealand contract, he turned down a Wellington contract, which means he effectively has nowhere to play as cricket. Wow. Whereas, you know, I'm pretty sure if Trent Bowl was in New Zealand, he would go back and play for Northern Districts. You know, he actually has an affiliation with them. He oh, yeah. would happily go back. Um, but to, to be fair, like I said, all four of those guys have exited their New Zealand contracts all for different reasons, but the outcome will ultimately be the same. I mean, as far as I'd love to see Martin Guptal opening the batting for New Zealand at the World Cup and Trent Bolt opening the bowling for New Zealand, I just can't see either of those two things happening unless 
Um, there's either some senior players that start talking up and saying, hey, we do need these guys to give yeah. us the best chance of winning, or there's a change from New Zealand cricket and the management to say, hey, look, well, you know, we need these guys to A, for experience, and, and B, for, for performance. I just can't see them going back on that. Uh, look, Ronnie, I, th- I think you may be right as well, mate. Hey, Ronnie, uh, thank you so much for your time tonight, mate. Um, enjoy the second one day and the upcoming uh, tests as well. Thank you very much. No dramas anytime. Cheers. There you go. Ronnie Hira, uh, former Black Cap spinner, with his thoughts on the New Zealand team and the upcoming tests and some contracted players as well. So, yeah, very good intel. Thank you very much for that, Ronnie.